0: Bonjour, bienvenue à uh, Interface interv- Informatique. Avec moi, Joari. Oh fuck, I forgot my name. Ah oh, fuck it, French is a garbage language, I hate it. Hello and welcome to Interface. My name is Andrew Liljohn. With me today is Chase, time-sensitive Musil, and Ian Fuchs. Hey, guys. How's it going? So Chase? <laughs> so, Chase, I heard that your uh, infotainment system in your car is the best that's ever been made. Oh, my the best God. The that never was. Is this in the minivan, or is this in the...
1: Uh, it's trending. just all my vehicles. It. It's actually me. That's the secret. I'm the best infotainment Chase, system. Chase,
0: infotainment system.
1: <laughs> uh, so, no, mine is not the best, but I heard yours was. What are you What are you driving these days?
0: Me? Yeah. I drive a Reliant Robin.
1: <laughs> You're a 3 <three-wheeling laughs> <Probably> still <laughs>
0: mother-effer. All right. <laughs> Probably still better than the one in the Subaru. Because if we're being honest, it, Subarus is like straight out of 1997. Well, that's so thing. Let's, they're all like Garbo, right?
1: Mm, so let's talk about infotainment systems, right? Um, yeah. So what is an infotainment system, you might ask, if you don't know, because that sounds like a lot of gobbledygook. Infotainment system, it's, meaning all it's of like the stuff. <laughs> it's like edutainment. Oh, my God. No, so it's, in it it's, it's where you can play the new Oregon Trail three. That's all right. And when yeah, you're sick, it of runs that, the Android kernel,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> which a surprising number of them probably do. Right, it's the it's the stack of crap in your dashboard that you can use to do all sorts of confusing things. I think that they can be very, very good and add a lot of value to vehicles. Some people disagree with me.
0: Who disagrees with you on that? Uh, I thought you did. I thought I said that you, know, I, you could, I don't think anybody disagrees that they can that add they, value. Yeah, I think well, the I'd problem really is, is that some companies believe the value they should add is more than the value that we actually want. Oh, yeah. I, I think
1: that an infot- a good infotainment system can take a, like, you know, a bad car and make it a lot better, or you can take a very good car and make you wonder what you wasted your money on. I think, and I think the latter, the latter example is more pertinent, right? Cause if you buy a brand new vehicle, and it's got a trash infotainment stack and you can't do simple things, then, you're like, why did you
0: spend, you know, how many thousands of dollars on this vehicle? That's a real bummer. American car companies before, like, 2014 are really guilty of
1: this. Oh, like, anything 2005 to 2010 is, like, primetime terrible. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, really especially when they try to put some touchscreen on there, and it was one of those horrible, like pressure-sensitive ones where you had to mush it with your hands.
1: Yeah, right. capacitive stuff
0: is super bad. Uh, the one, like the yeah. one
1: saving grace yeah. through all of that was the UConnect system through Chrysler because their stuff was actually pretty responsive, and they generally had way fewer options available, and that ended up being just fine because people just want to be able to change
0: the volume and radio and HVAC controls, right? Right, and a lot of people now are putting all that stuff. They're taking it off physical buttons or dials and putting it into this touchscreen or on on that interface there which I think is a total travesty
1: so yeah so let's talk let's talk about this let's talk about um, your feelings on physical controls versus virtual controls Ian in your vehicle
0: what do you have and what do you think about it so I'll actually do CJ's car because mine is like I said straight out of 1997 like everything on my car is a physical button like you want one of the six presets I have a Subaru Forester 2009 Uh, so it's super super basic um I have 6 buttons for the preset channels. I have a button for aux, a button for CD, a button for radio, a dial for volume, a dial to tune it. Like everything is knobs, buttons. Like very analog style. Um the display says the station that it's on or it's on aux. Like it like I don't have like any of the frills, I don't have any of the extra stuff. Um So my, car, my car is four wheels. My, my car is <laughs> very, very low tech seeming as far as the infotainment. Now CJ's car, on the other hand, she has a 2013 Kia Soul that has like the whole um, like backup cam all built into that. It's got the satellite. It's touchscreen. Um, the touch is as you talked about. It's not really responsive. Um, it runs, I believe, like a Windows CE with something built on top of it to make it this is know, straight consistent. up inside baseball well I, I only know that because when you try to do the software updates it's like download this windows ce patch and then put it on this usb Whoa. stick and then plug Whoa. it in oh, wow. software updates for the infotainment oh, system that's right what <laughs> yes I, i've had to do one software update on the infotainment system um, which Did fixed it some issue anything? uh it's fixed something with the bluetooth oh um where it wouldn't or allegedly with the bluetooth where it wouldn't forget your iphone And it was only iPhones, like Android phones apparently worked most of the time and Windows phones worked all the time. But iPhones Mm -hmm. had this problem where it randomly would be like, I don't want to connect today. And so this, it was this like 10 meg file and it was like, put this on a flash drive with nothing else installed on it and plug it into the USB port and then go to this menu and click this button and it will run this install and the whole thing shuts off and comes back on and it's fixed.
1: I bet when that patch came through, there was a collective sigh of relief from every cool person in Denver. <coughs> sorry. All right. Let's
0: go. <laughs> you guys. Come on. That's a car stereotype uh, joke. Yes, cool anyway. people all drive Kia Souls. I've also seen those commercials. Oh, my gosh. All right. <laughs> Kia Souls um, going to go down. So, I can sum... Car. All right.
1: Sorry. Yeah. It is a
0: weird car. Although, apparently, it's an excellent electric vehicle.
1: Super anyway, listen. Low center of gravity battery. Time. So, what were you going to say about yours? So, okay, so Ian, you have your you have an example of something newer, and you've got your nice uh, time capsule of analogness. So, here's here's a good question: yeah. in your like, when you drive, um, when you have the Forester, is that okay? Like, do mean, you find yourself wanting?
0: For me, the the two features that I want out of any infotainment system, and like everything else can be analog, is I want the ability to control the volume easily. I don't care mm-hmm. whether it's a knob, a button, a dial, the thing on the steering wheel, whatever. I want to be able to control the volume easily and I want to be able to connect my phone to it. Yeah. Okay. Those Let's two see. things yeah. are, are prime amongst everything else. I never use the radio. I never use satellite. I've, I have a CD in there. I think that came with the yeah. car. And <laughs> <Like, I don't, laughs> <Enya? laughs> no yeah, I have no idea what it is. No, it's like, it's like whatever the previous owner left in it. Um, like I don't, I don't want all the other stuff. I don't, I don't need to know my tire pressure for each individual tire. I have a, tire pressure gauge in my glove box that's essential i don't need to you know need performance driver <laughs> <laughs> that's it i don't need to know like i guess my car does have my current mpgs but that's like separate from the radio so i don't think of it um so with the uh it- odometer and all that stuff like that's kind of nice to know if i'm like getting really bad fuel economy i guess but would not you, critical for me you, to know? Slow down.
1: When you said MPGs, all I could think was proprietary Subaru music format. I don't... <laughs> yes. <laughs> MPG files. I want, I want to be able to play MPG files on my Subaru. <laughs> and they're all about efficiency. All right. So that, that, that makes sense. I'm total... I mean, 100% complete agreement with you because of all the vehicles I've owned, as long as I had some way to get my phone like, off, like over the speakers and then be able to control the volume right I'm set... They don't have a lot of other... Don't of give
0: other me a touchscreen where a physical control will do. Is yes.
1: that... Okay, so that's a that's a great point. Is that a hard and fast rule for you? Because I feel like I've run into a few scenarios where I the touchscreen was a slightly better version of the traditional analog control. I'll give you an example. Okay, I'll give you the example I'm thinking of. So we have a, we have a 2008 Chrysler Town Country van that's got like one of the older Uconnect systems, right? 2008 is prime time for trash infotainment systems. With this the infotainment in there, it's wanting, but it covers all the basics really well. And one of the, the the only control in there that I immediately thought, wow, this is actually better on touch, and it's because it's responsive. Um, it's the positional audio placement. So instead of doing your fader and your balance,
0: okay, on yes, the knobs, really they just have a you square, and then our, it's a
1: center, and you slide it to where it goes in the car, and it yeah, makes that's a it's like kid. it's one of the. I thought that I saw that, I was like, oh, this is perfect, and it works exactly like you'd want it
0: to. So. I was in a car somewhere that had something similar, but it had the extra benefit of doing – it showed, like, how the audio shadows would apply. So depending on where the center of the audio was, it would show you how, like, the seats would affect the audio quality, which is I thought that, was really impressive.
1: Is that needed? I, I mean, it's, it sounds
0: impressive, but I don't it, know. Like, it seems it's totally better. unnecessary unless yeah, you're a big yeah. nerd. But If, sure, if, if, if you really want to know cool the trick to, do. to that, always just set your faders to the rear one click because that oh. solves the problem of the seat, the front seat shadowing your sound. This one cool trick. Doctors hate him. <laughs> just saying, it's, that's something that, that I've heard for years. Like the back seat is always just a little bit quieter because the front seat blocks yeah. the sound. Set the fader one to the rear, and you solve that problem. <laughs> Except for that information would so, be three stick three uh, three paragraphs down below
1: the click to continue article. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, so have I put have my affiliate link. Jesus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have a Mazda 3, and it has no physical controls except for a knob, a few buttons surrounding it, and all of the, um, uh, uh, um, uh, the, the, the HVAC there's system. There's the words in here. I can tell. Buttons. Terms. There it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It came out of it. So, and it's great most of the time, except when you want to do something like switch from Bluetooth to the radio. Because on my wife's car, there's, she's got the Mazda the CX-5, and it's the a model year behind. So she is the infotainment system that's one right behind it. And it's really great because it has all these buttons on the side of the screen and you put, if you want the radio, you push the radio button and now you got radio. If you want like Bluetooth, you push the Bluetooth tab, now you got Bluetooth. It's re- it's a piece of cake. It's really nice. Whereas mine is like twist the knob and like go into this menu and then it's another sub menu and then it's all the way down. Mm-hmm. The it, yeah, it's you're just talking kind of a like,
1: the ass. So it's like multiple clicks away, so to speak, right? Like you're multiple inputs away right. from comp- accomplishing the same trivial task. It, yeah.
0: And it's so far away that I have to take my eyes off the road to be able to do it. That's so really the, bad. I just never... Right, so I just don't do it. Where it does really shine is with the navigation system because it's... So it's a four-way joystick and a twistable knob. Mm-hmm. So you can pan around a map by just shifting it up and down. You can zoom in and out by twisting it. That's really so that's good. a really nice physical interaction for the map because it feels very natural after using an iPhone C- or something like that. Can you do also you- still, like, pinch, zoom, swipe with your finger? Or can you yeah. only use the joystick to do this? Yeah, so that's a funny thing. This is actually a touchscreen. Um, but it's locked when you are going at speeds higher than five miles or like 10 miles an hour. Um, mm. so I always forget that as a touchscreen, I never ever use it and I always use the knob okay. and there's no reason to ever use a touchscreen cause the knob it's down in like the center console. So yeah. it's really convenient to use it when you've got your hand down there. Sure. So
1: you know, it's interesting that I, so I, we also have a CX five and it, you know, just like, you know, you guys do. And I find like this. Mm-hmm. I find that the CX-5's infotainment stack, while it's very simple, is probably the sweet spot of all that I've used so far. And I mean, there's some that are mm-hmm. probably better, right? Don't get me wrong. But like, as far as like a normal car is concerned, it has right. touch it has touchscreen capability, which you can use when you're driving, which is mostly like passenger messing around or me. You know, if you're like switching inputs or something, so that it can be a little painful, I guess, if you're trying to hit the buttons. But it, the nice thing about that car, the thing that makes it the nice compromise is that it has what I would call like an ATM-style input system, right? Where it's the screen in the middle, which you can also touch. Right. And then the buttons on the With outside, which are generally side. mapped to, yeah, information that's contextual on the mm-hmm. screen. And so you you can always hit a physical button to do it. Plus, there's still physical controls for the volume and the tuner and the seek and all that stuff. Right. I find, I find that to be a really nice compromise. I mean, there's still a couple tasks, like, you know, switching, like switching from, you know, CD to Bluetooth or something. You still have to push a screen button right it's a you know it's a touch screen button but at least it's a top level
0: yeah it's it's so the way it works in the cx5 is there's you have the screen and the buttons on the left and right are like for switching between modes so you can switch from like navigation to radio and there's one other thing but i don't know what it is i can't remember we never use it but then in each one of those modes there's a row of buttons across the top that you switch the functions in that mode which is a really nice way of doing it
1: yep right so you're maximizing your physical button use and minimizing the screen stuff
0: at least, at least that's right. most of the time. And I think that's the key here, right? Like, you're in a car not to mess around with the computer. You're in a car to drive. So the faster I can get my job done with everyone I want, I want to do that thing, the better. So, like, yeah. automatic connecting Bluetooth and stuff, really good, because I just get in, sit down, and on my way, I don't have to think about it. Um, yeah. But the, the minute I have to, like, take my eyes off the road for a long period of time to, to, like, just be able to do something simple, like switch to the radio, that is an instant failure.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. It, it reminds me a little bit of... Um, of using the voice commands with the Xbox and not to like dive into Xbox, but the parallel is like, if you want to you know open up Netflix on the Xbox and you're playing a video game, you'd press the home button and you'd go down to Netflix and how many, like, I don't know how many items away that is multiple. Then you'd select Netflix and then it launches or you can use the connect and mm-hmm. say Xbox, go to Netflix, right? Or whatever. So it feels a little like that because they, they afford some of this like high level navigation you, so you can circumvent mm-hmm. the you know the sort of, like,
0: menu dive in, down, down, select, it, it menu dive in. It
1: gives down you down, an down,
0: efficient select. way to do a task instead of forcing yeah. you yeah, to really do a multi-step process to do something that should be one click away. Right, the really high-level so stuff, yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that. I remember back in the very early days of iOS development, like, right after the API had come out and people started releasing stuff in the App Store, there was this concept of clicks versus taps. Mm-hmm. And the idea that a click is like a, a a cognitively expensive thing to do, so you want to try to minimize clicks. But taps are not so much harder, are that hard for people to do. Um, so yeah. if you can, you, you can complete something that's more ver, ver, uh, verbose and easier to do if it requires more taps. But you should try to do the same thing in fewer clicks on a desktop interface. And I think that the, the same sort of thing applies to like uh, you think about you, the, different input methods have different sort of uh, levels of tolerance that people allow for these different levels of input, right? So mm-hmm. like on a joystick, like on a game controller, you have a different level of tolerance. Like how many times you have to like move the stick and press a button mm-hmm. before it becomes b- begins to become burdensome. Mm-hmm. And I think with a car, that's like the ultimate extreme version of that where like one or two things and that's it. Afterwards, mm-hmm. it starts to become a burden. Mm-hmm. So th- you're, you're talking like the, the difference between I want to turn my car stereo from quiet to loud. I can grab the knob and go Brr! And just with a twist of my wrist, it's gone from quiet to loud. Versus tap 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 on a digital thing that you're going to you're less likely to want to do or have a good experience doing the tap 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 on the screen exactly. Yeah, or swapping input. There's probably some relationship with the.
1: Go ahead. I was just say like as examples of this, like I and maybe maybe this has gotten better. Maybe things are better than that. But like if you could just if you just look at any of our cars, you could identify like just watch like watch how what your users do. Like watch how you know people actually operate their vehicle. Figure out what the most frequently used functions are, and if it's swapping inputs, volume and. I don't know, like mute or whatever, right? Like make those things all top level accessible because if you because if you step back and just like take a look at what the infotainment stack looks like in the Mazda or something, there are eighty mm-hmm. percent of the buttons that are available are not used as high level things, right? And so you can right. start identify the functions that should be there, even if it doesn't make sense or look pretty.
0: But the question is, and this is always a problem when you're de- designing interfaces that are safety related and have a wide range of potential uses. Do you sacrifice usability for a feature that a small number of people are going to use but that might make it unsafe for those people to use mm. in order to make it easy to do the things that everybody else is going to do? It's like That's not a lot of people are going to be switching between Bluetooth inputs while they're driving or something like that. But some people might for whatever reason. Right. And so do you make that hard or you, or you don't go out of your way to make it easy to do because not very many people are going to use it? Or, yeah. Or here's even even better, pairing a device while moving. Like right. most cars – by default, will disable that function mm-hmm. as a safety yep. feature, even though yep. it's not a complicated process.
1: Right. So. Right. Yeah. But even like just taking your eyes back and forth, out there it to look like, is it there? Is it there? Is there like waiting for it to pop up on mm-hmm. the available Bluetooth connection sure. options? Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, you can see why I, this thing, yeah. with this is really making, th- making me think of it's like, this is the classic case of like how much. How much effort do you spend on your power user a little bit, right? Because there's people who are going to get a lot of these, like, extra (laughs) functions and use them all the time. But if they're super unsafe, that's also not something you want to put 5% of your population into, like a scenario you want to do. Totally. What it makes me think of initially is, like, I'm thinking, so can we have programmable buttons or macros or something? And, like, and I wonder how far off something that would be because – and it's not – that wouldn't be a general use case thing, though. So we're getting, like, a little in the weeds, but –
0: there's also this other trade-off between allowing power users to do something and not allowing your users to do it. And a common way of solving the trade-off is saying, like, let's go ahead and uh, allow people to customize the interface. Um, but that's rarely a good idea because you just want to say, like, here's how we want you to use it. And oftentimes you, you say, here's the way we want you to use it by uh, just saying that we are not going to let you do we're not going to let the average user do this thing. We're not going to let the power user do this thing. We've decided that we're going to put all of our focus on the 80% of users who are doing this and leave the other 20% outside. Right. So, so an interesting, uh, counter to that is I think the way that, and none of us have one, but the way that like CarPlay devices are set up Mm. where some of the interface is not changeable. Things like, Hitting your menu button and getting to that stuff is is locked in place, but things Mm -hmm. like changing where things are on the grid, because everything shows up, you know, six or eight icons on the screen, and you can swipe Mm -hmm. left or right or up or down or whatever it is through all the apps. Just like your iPhone, you can change what apps are where. So if there's Mm -hmm. a certain thing you go to, like I always go to podcasts or I always go to music, you can Mm -hmm. put that up in the prime spot so you don't ever have to search for it. So that kind of change can actually be really beneficial to a user, yeah. because they can customize the system to whatever their taste and whatever their need is, which ultimately also makes it safer for them, because they're not now looking down and scrolling through a long menu, because they've been able to put the thing that's important to them in spot one. Okay, but apps in a car infotainment system is an abomination. Um, well, but I think if if you don't think of apps as apps, but instead you think of apps as your different sources, Bluetooth radio, yeah, sat- satellite, all that. stuff. A lot of infotainment people don't do that. Well, I, I, in, in my understanding of CarPlay, that's essentially what it is: is you're just choosing what your input source is. Which which thing am I listening to? Am I listening to music? Am I listening to podcast? Am I listening to satellite radio? Uh, and you're you're choosing one of those. So it's it's not quite the same because you're not. They feel like apps, but they're also not. That sort of apps. relies on a user having internalized what they want to do, and associating that with each app, right? So, like, if you're yeah, thinking, uh, I want to listen to music, I have to go find the music app. But maybe what you actually want is, like, RDO, RIP, or, like, Spotify, or Apple Music, or something right. like that, right? But, so you just, but what you somebody really should say is, like, music, and then let you assign the app to that thing. Sure. But, but at the same time, somebody who never listens to podcasts, like, who literally isn't a podcast subscriber, mm-hmm. isn't listening to this show, so they're not going to hear what I'm saying, but... Uh, because we don't they don't care about them we because don't they never listen to podcasts. Podcasts can literally be tucked on the last screen or removed or whatever because no, it is an yeah, irrelevant yeah, function to them. Like for me, if I don't pay for satellite radio and I have a tangible physical button for satellite radio, mm-hmm, that is now wasted space that could be something yeah. else more functional for me. Oh, so, crazy. So because but, it's digital, that can now be something
1: that contextually right. is useful. So there's one. There's one more like really high level unique thing about cars that we're not talking about. That's true of cars, and I don't know that it's true of anything else when we're talking about consumer technology. And that is... Oh, my God, wait. Should
0: we take a break? Oh Let's take God. a break. And and our <sighs> listeners now have to wait for that cliffhanger to resolve. I hope <gasps> I can remember it. Holy shit. Hello, dear listener. Just so you know, for every person you recommend this to, I will personally donate $1 to the ACLU. Seriously, I'll, I'll do it. I will do the same. Oh, $2 to the ACLU. For every person who recommends this, make sure you tag us on Twitter and or Facebook. Oh, my Facebook. God, you me into a damn corner. Yep. Three. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, uh, if you care about the future of our country and its citizens, uh, go ahead and just tell all your friends about this. <clears throat> and we're back. So
1: now that you've been waiting patiently and have probably donated many a dollar... <clears throat> I will now explain to you the one weird difference between car technology and every other piece of consumer technology. The difference is... You ready for this? The difference is... You have to put gas in one of them. We have a really, really high tolerance... For failure in vehicles, and that's because we have a huge amount of sunk cost value into our car. So, if you spend $40,000 on a brand new vehicle and it is a trash infotainment, you will learn the workarounds and you will figure out the best way to take care of things and, the, and complete your objective, even if it's super painful. With respect to other software, you will not continue to use a trash app. You'll just get a different app. You might even buy a different phone. It's definitely more likely than buying a different car. Well so, and you, and you, you can't so, return a car you, like you? you can return
0: anything else right yeah, any other right. piece of consumer As, technology yeah. can be returned within 14 days 30 days 100 days whatever depends on And, and it. there's no way that you're going to yeah, like to say that I, the pain would have to be super high for to motivate someone to take their car back right
1: like it's yeah. this is where i'm getting into where a high level like i have strong feelings that a very high-level vehicle, in which you pay a lot of money for. It so we'll take a look at like BMW's like infotainment system, and I think it's called Drive. Right? You can you look at that, and that from like 2008, and you spent a lot of money on that vehicle was a really bad system. It was a super bad system, and you can mm-hmm. make you feel like you had a premium car, and really take down your perceived value of it because it really you know constrained the things you could do or made difficult the things you want to do,
0: or it didn't work. I I feel like the reason that those were built that way is because. They hired somebody who literally just pulled every BMW owner or Mercedes owner or whatever and said, what feature do you want? And each one gave their answer. And they were like, F it. All of it goes in a menu. N- yeah. <laughs> no, that,
1: that was more like their initial input device, which was something more akin to what you have, Andrew, in the new Mazda, which was – it's like a central dial. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. And that dial is the that, That's what I think of. I, I don't know what their yeah. newest system is. but I think the, it's that. The it's the just MWs refined and it works. Know. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like – yeah, so here's a bad example in the realm of cars. It's like the boxer engine in Subarus. It's really not a very efficient or good engine, but they stick with it for branding purposes, and now they've made it into something kind of good after 50 years or whatever, 60 years of iteration. All right. <clears throat> Rotary engine. Yeah, that there's a reason why that keeps getting canned and coming back, right? It's super cool. It's coming
0: back. It's coming back. It's good. It's going to work.
1: Good to know you're a Winkle fan. So... Um, so with vehicles, though, I feel like people have a really high tolerance for failure, and they'll they'll learn workarounds. And so, in the case where if there's something that just doesn't actually, work can I, they,
0: a, yeah, yeah, I disagree. I, I actually don't think like it's a high tolerance for failure because if we had a high tolerance for failure in our cars, we would be like, like a high tolerance for failure. It seems to me like yeah, my steering wheel only works twenty percent of the time, but that's fine. What and we I, really I, have is a. It's really hard to. Ret- it's what Ian said. It's really hard to return a vehicle, and so we. It has to be a really, really, really big problem with it for us to go take all that effort and potential loss of money to go right. return it. You you, 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 the the threshold for the pain threshold. Yeah. The pain threshold is significantly higher for a car, and a bad infotainment system is a small paper cut. Right, and Although so it it a it's huge kind of a paper cut it, in a practical. Well, terms. sure. I mean, it's one every day. Right. It's a small paper cut every day, and eventually you get rid yeah. of the car because you're tired of getting cut. But you hear people right. getting rid of it. Or you just it. replace yeah. the whole thing. Right. Or you do which, infotainment. Which there as well. is. Right. Yeah. right. Which that's, that's that was the thing I wanted to get into is yeah, some yeah, of these, I mean. these third party alternative infotainment options, whether it's Pioneer or Sony or Alpine or sure. Kenwood or whoever, whoever is making these things now, um, and, and what they're doing. Although, to be fair. Um, and you guys may have more experience than I do, but any of them that I've used have been far worse, but they often own, they often offer some feature that doesn't come built into your car. Like my car doesn't have Bluetooth. So if I want, want Bluetooth, I have a a little USB and aux thing that plugs into add Bluetooth to my car. So if I wanted Bluetooth, I'd have to swap out the entire radio. And so then it's a question of what is that swap worth to me? Like how bad can the interface be? For me to gain this feature, and for me, I opted mm-hmm. to go for the twenty-five-dollar little Amazon That's chip exactly that sits on on the dash, plugs into the cigarette lighter for power and the aux for for sound, and my well, phone mine, connects to yeah. that instead.
1: Yeah, mine was the. Yeah, mine was the same thing except for uh, mine. I don't, I don't even. Have an, I didn't have an aux in, in my Subaru, <laughs> so mine was the. Uh, it set in your cigarette lighter, and then it was Bluetooth-connected, and then it um, pumped out audio over short-range uh, FM, so you picked, like, an oh, unused sure. station. Right?
0: Oh, my yeah. God. Those are classic days. Yeah. yeah. But it worked and perfectly, were right? Like, it fixed my problem. We oh, it, it enough. Because we, we'd always go to, like, a different city or, or a town or something like that, and, and it would be in the interference. radio station we'd picked would be, yeah, it would be when they actually had something we <laughs> yeah. were broadcasting yeah. on. No, I mean, they've for instance, gotten sense, better. just
1: commuting to the same town every day 90% of the time. Sure, sure. Work.
0: Yeah. Um. I have a really low tolerance for failure in my vehicle. That's good, but I'm. But it's a, I thought I had more to say about that, but I guess I don't. <laughs> just, I just, I just don't just, want it to it, crash on its own. It's just like, uh, yeah, like no. It, as long as the, the sound comes out of the radio and you can make it from A to B without dying, like it, it, was, right. it was a success. I mean, yeah, I call it a win. I, I think that's actually a pretty high tolerance then, because a lot of things could still go wrong in that trip. <laughs> But yeah, but true, the two important true. things: sound and making it safely. You know, okay. it's, it's the catastrophic failures that worry me. Yeah, they, they, those are. I agree with that,
1: and they happen, right? So, um, um, how about real quick? I want to where where before we move on to like, third party ones because I want to talk about like CarPlay and Android, whatever, like the in, the in- car stuff. Mm-hmm. So, opposite or different options for entertainment. Do you guys use in like? Do you use your car's navigation system? Because even when I'm in vehicles that have it, I use my phones.
0: <laughs> um. um go ahead i so i run Waze all the time and my biggest pet peeve is that i can't get Waze on carplay or that it's not built it, built into any cars because that would be like an instant win for okay. me but uh I, mean, I also whenever i'm driving i always have the navigation system running because i don't have a map for my phone so it just sits down in the, the cup holder mm-hmm. and i let the audio go through so i can hear it but then i'm actually looking at the map up above um and I really like having that because it makes me feel like I have, like, I, I can see the future because I know what the streets are going to be like. I can know where the turns are going to be before I even get there. So okay. I'm just using that as an additional form of information while I'm driving. So I, I don't use the actual directions on it. So when you say you always do this, do you literally mean always? Like driving yeah, to work like, every day, driving to the grocery store, whatever you're doing, you always have the GPS up? It's just, yeah, it's my default. So I get in. Do you not know it, where it you're going? It some, <laughs> no, I do, and that's what's so weird about it because there's no reason me to have it on okay, when I'm driving that, there, but I just always do. Because that's that's something I've noticed, uh especially since moving from Iowa to Chicago, is that it seems like everybody's always got their GPS going, and like there are cars that I see every day on my way yeah. to or from work, and they always have their GPS up, and I'm like, how lost are you going home? Like you no, you've been making this drive for at least three and a half years. <laughs> how, how are but you? What there? else so, am I going to put on there? Well, and so I, I do understand something like Waze because it's actually giving you useful information on top of um, just GPS. You know, there's an accident, there's traffic here, whatever. It, it's talking it, so about ways. It, it's giving you something beyond yeah. that. So it, it's right. really interesting to me that you would even ever look at the inbuilt map. Usually, right, because it says, like traffic ahead doing or something, because, right? Traffic ahead, cop ahead, yeah. accident ahead, yeah. garbage on the road. I don't understand why Waze or anything isn't built in. That seems like a, a huge market that no GPS company has gotten into yet. Well, I mean, like, whatever TomTom Tom and stuff did. I think the Subaru one is TomTom. Tom. But th- what would be really good is just, like, let me get the app of my choice on there. Because like, I already have a touchscreen. I have a big enough screen to put Waze on. It, mm-hmm. it was. Just, it's such a perfect fit. It blows my mind that I haven't tried to do that yet. It's not on so, the Android it, version? Like, because it's running on Google Maps, right? It's an Android thing. right it Google purchased ways, but I don't know that there's any like cross integration other than Google Maps using right. some of the traffic information yep right okay. yeah huh. actually like ways more than Google Maps. It sounds dumb to say, but they've gamified it in a way that I yes. find really satisfying I agree and i I did not realize the gamification actually would adjust based on where you were going. So um, rom, 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 I rom, 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 rom. two blocks out of my way to get a piece of candy, not oh realizing God. that it would just move in front of me, <laughs> I just kept going. Yeah. but that's, that's a separate thing. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah I run ways. So, so, classic. so people using GPS is, is one thing, like I said, I, none of, neither of my cars or my car CJ's car has GPS. Um, yeah, ours are not so either. that has left me considering a third party and I have looked at CarPlay and I have looked at mm-hmm. the Android auto, Android auto. Yeah. Is they call I it? think it's Android auto. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Android Vroom. It really confuses me because it's Google Play as the store, so I thought CarPlay was
0: Google. It's su oh, God. It just yeah. So so the You have to use Google Allo. The the thing that I have decided that I don't like about these is I don't want to I don't want to commit to a piece of hardware that I feel like straps me with some compromise so that I can get upgraded features. Uh, So it's, 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 it's the concern of like, I don't, I don't particularly care for the uh, pioneer button layout on the side for some of their, their stuff, but they're like the only company that makes an even kind of decent CarPlay thing. I see. And so the hardware side of it, the physical hardware is not great, but I want the CarPlay functionality. And so the thing that has had me kind of wondering is if at some point in the near future, You're going to see a physical CarPlay app that's activatable on the phone because, as Andrew said, he always has Waze running on his phone. I always have my phone in the GPS mount, whether it's podcasts or a map or whatever I'm listening to on the GPS mount. Why can't I just use that in Bluetooth? Because it's It's more common for cars to have Bluetooth than CarPlay and let that be my, my controller for all that stuff instead of putting it into the infotainment system. Because then I can have the most analog infotainment system ever, and it doesn't matter as long as it has Bluetooth or Aux, and I can then do everything else from my phone. Yep. It really surprises me that this hasn't been implemented anywhere yet. Like, why Why do car infotainment systems lag so far behind what people are actually using their devices for in cars?
1: That's Upgrade so cycle. I, know for, well, that I think means that's that, a big part of it. But for years, for years and years and years, it was because every single a manufacturer was making their own version and imagine having a company that's, that doesn't do tech or software have to make their own tech and right. software. And then they were trying to do it. Oh, it's that's unique to that. Like it was, it was way behind for that reason. And now finally people are like, it's okay, funny. we're going to sign up and use CarPlay or Android auto or right. whatever. Let somebody else's yeah. software run on our yep. box. But that's, and, that's a new but thing. It's you know really
0: cool. It's a new thing. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, the uh, the Chevy Bolt, not the B- Volt, but B- 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 Bolt, the John Travolta Bravolta version. Bolt. Yeah, okay. The John Travolta version um, has a infotainment system supplied by LG, um, and I like this idea of um, contracting out the infotainment system with some company that actually has an idea of how to do it properly. You know, this not is whether a, or not LG is a good choice for that or not is a different question. So but instead of Chevy making Chevy's infotainment system, Chevy hires LG to make so, yeah. Chevy's so, infotainment so system. So MyLink is no longer well, made a Well, it's not even house. that. No, it's still branded LG inside the car. Um, yeah. And so this has become,
1: I, this is actually a common GM thing over the past 10 years. So if you follow the car industry, you would see that Chevy now offers Brembo brakes and they have Recaro seats. So does Ford, right? Like, This has been a common thing over the past ten years, where they no longer be doing everything in house, and they're more frequently hiring Mm -hmm. third parties to be OEM um, sponsors, right? So
0: this seems like a great idea.
1: Anyway, yeah, because and it's really good for those companies because it's like you get a you get an OEM contract to make seats for all the Camaros or whatever. I'm sure that's just like
0: a sweet money in the bank for them for the third parties. So I I, said. I suppose that's the same idea as Kia using the Microsoft, I guess, UVO. That's what I, I couldn't think of the word for it earlier. UVO is what they call their infotainment system. Oh. So they're contracting out to Microsoft to build their infotainment system or did. I don't know if they still do. I think they may have CarPlay in their new stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. But Kia wasn't doing the software side of things. They were hiring out a third-party co- yeah. company who was using this Microsoft platform to do it. Yeah, Ford has This is such a great idea. Had that for years, too.
1: But now Ford is going to CarPlay. <laughs>
0: I think I think everybody's going to CarPlay or Android Auto no, at this point. No, just because no, I, I the, think
1: there's no cuz there I only know this because I was looking on Jalopnik the other day and they were talking like talking about infotainment systems and it I think it's Hyundai Kia or whatever just re-upped with Microsoft with their like their stack and a couple other companies as well. Yeah, which I didn't real I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know it was a thing. No. Yeah.
0: And all that is to say that CarPlay doesn't actually exist in every uh in every manufacturer right, an standpoint and yes. so yeah. so then the question is at what point do car companies start to offer multiple platforms i don't think that's going to happen Be- because like if if i were looking at, at two cars and one of them had android auto built in and the other one had carplay built in if even if I was like kind of on the fence, liking the car with the Android Auto built in, that would definitely take it down some points for me because I don't use Android for anything, and so I would. There's that like inherent concern of, is this going to work with the device that I carry? And and so does I does have that a crazy good idea, uh, a way that you can just connect your phone and your phone does the you thing, whatever phone you have works. That does
1: infotainment stacks and it runs multiple.
0: No, just Dude, a Linux I, I, Yeah, I was say just, just both, man. You can have CarPlay or you can have Android Play. And that way you don't have to buy a new car if you change your phone.
1: So I maybe. think that I, I think that manufacturers. Or using are, your
0: phone. Or, I
1: think <laughs> I, I, it. I think manufacturers are overall taking the gamble that your choice of car is outweighed by your choice of infotainment stack. And maybe, you know, for us and for Oof. people who are really interested in it, I know like we think a big deal, like we think a lot about this stuff, right? But I don't to the average person who's only owned you know whatever whatever brand they have, like their Ford right they're Ford through and through. I don't think you're going to deter them from buying a Ford because they have a reduced feature set because they run Android and it has CarPlay.
0: No, totally. But that's what I think about it because the average person, sorry, I would be a little check. Like, the average person looks at it and says, "This this is terrible. Why is this so bad?" And we look at it and say, "Well, here are the reasons why it's bad, and here's how it can be made better." Yeah, right. Because you know it's not going to affect way. I'm not going to get. I'm not not going to get a car because the infotainment system is bad either, yeah, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm right. interested in things like the engine and the handling and stuff like I that. Might, but it's still <laughs> a big factor in my mind. <laughs> Actually, no, I What's I don't mind? care because the what I do currently holds true. And I, so this is this may be another another issue is that people get in their habit whatever their habit is, whether it's using their phone or just listening to whatever the local radio station is. You know, they leave it on AM seven ninety because they want sports, or they listen to, you know one oh six point nine because they want to listen to KROC or they listen to podcasts so they're connecting their phone. They get they get in their habit and that just becomes the thing they do and for I think the average person probably doesn't actually give two shits what their their infotainment system looks like or how it works as long as they can get it to the device or the channel or whatever that they primarily use. Because unlike your home entertainment system, people aren't swapping in and out Constantly, what they're watching or what they're listening to. So I traveled a lot for work last year and that meant I spent a lot of time in different kinds of rental cars and apparently um, National had gotten so frustrated with helping people figure out how to use the Bluetooth setup in all their cars that regardless of the vehicle I was in they would always make sure to point out that there was an aux cable in the center column and how to plug it in to use it. Yep. Because even though every car I had had Bluetooth on it, they just didn't want to explain. Because it's different for everybody; it's always complicated. Here's the aux cable; just use that. That doesn't surprise me at all. Oh, that sounds like garbage.
1: And so, and like the last thought on having multiple, offering multiple pieces, like versions of infotainment or different stacks in a car from the same manufacturer is that there's no way they're going to cover the cost of support for two different systems.
0: Yeah. Well, so. Uh, wait, 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 wait! wait, Don't you mean it's just software support, right? Like, there's an API you just tie into that.
1: Yeah, but think about any time they have to answer at the dealership or support calls or anything right. for the different pieces of software. Every, They're not going to every person two in the service department bills. now
0: has to know how to do two different things. Um, yes. So, real quick before before we like wrap this up, I do believe, and I could be wrong. I'll see if I can find a link for it. I believe that either Pioneer or Kenwood now has one where you can actually choose. In the infotainment box, mm-hmm. which you want to use between Android Auto and CarPlay, they're both actually installed on it, and you can sw- switch between the two, depending yeah. on what your needs are. Yeah, that's cool. So,
1: um, yeah, so, it makes the most sense to me. Okay, you're the worst. High level, then, we've decided that we <laughs> we all want Bluetooth, because phones are the center of our lives still, and they remain to be the center of our lives in our vehicle, Um.
0: Wait, cool, like, Can I just that actually made me think of something too. I'm sorry. Um, it's not so much that it's the center of my life. It's just that nothing on my car does what my phone does better than my phone does it. Does right? it anything They're else? My, in does, your life, my car does. But does
1: anything else in your life do things better than your phone does? As- aside from your desktop computer?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, my phone it does a shit job microwaving things. I mean, okay, that's fair. Yeah. But but yeah. but for any for for us at least, y- yeah. your phone is your access access to the content you care about most most of the time especially when it comes to audio entertainment which is what what the car is really about is either navigation or audio entertainment yeah exactly yeah i was thinking there's not a whole lot of things where i have an overlap between devices quite so completely but you're right it's just it's audio and navigation
1: yep and so i think as long as your phone can hook up in some fashion right at least audio wise and you're able to still manipulate the controls in a relatively simple way It's bearable. Like that's like minimum viability for having a successful product. Yeah. So, so the perfect
0: solution is one dial for volume. Yep. And a way to pair your phone. Yeah. Everything else lives on the device.
1: Done. I don't know why there's even buttons in my car. I need steering wheel, gas, brake.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Terrible. Uh, you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash 41 while you're there find links to all of our social things and as always thank you for being a listener and subscriber we'll be back next monday and every monday hopefully <laughs> like a broken clock uh, it's right twice a day <laughs> I'm going to see if I can do this. Bonjour, bienvenue à l'interface. Je suis Andrew avec moi, Chase Muset et Ian Fuchs. Alors, Chase, comment ça va? Oui, Andrew. <laughs> Bien. Oui, now. oui.